And I don't get why you can't admit that. A trained agent should be able to extract themselves from a vehicle unassisted. Upside down or not. You're still doing this, huh? Yeah, because you need to hear what I'm saying. I've heard you. I'm sick of hearing you. You know what your problem is, Lieberman? You think you're always right. What you want is you want to hear me say it, and that shit is not going to happen. So you think the fact that Agent Madani knows you're alive isn't an issue? Come on, she was unconscious, man. What did you want me to do? If she was unconscious, <laughs> she would have seen your face. Okay, she was unconscious, and she wasn't unconscious. What? Okay, let me... Our lives just got way more complicated. If Homeland Security enters your name into the system, let me ask you, how long do you think before Agent Orange knows that? Well, maybe you should have stuck to the plan. You were driving right at her. Was this stupid, bullshit, macho game of chicken part of the plan? If they catch you, I don't see my family. So I made a decision. That's it. See, what you want is you want me to get your shit done, but what you do is you bust my balls. You are relentless. You nag your wife like that? I mean, are you sure that she'd want you back? Are you oh, sure? Come on, yeah, man. man. Come on. I'm out of here. Maybe while I'm gone, you can come up with some new ways to antagonize me with your bullshit. Where are you going? I'm gonna go see your wife. See, now you're trying to be hurtful. You have to be such a dick all the time. Hi everybody, welcome to Panels to Pixels. We're bringing you episode number five. We're continuing our Netflix episodes of The Punisher. We're doing number five, which is called Gunner. We have Steve Brown. I had some issues with my computer, so obviously this track was recorded a lot earlier. Uh, I had to go back and salvage, and I got what I can. We made do with what we had. We have a top five. We have our opinions, and I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you. The other thing we've got going on is the fact that Madani, who she now knows that Frank Castle is alive, we saw that at the very end of the previous episode, she has told her partner, convinced her partner that the Punisher is alive, and both of them have now lied to their superiors about knowing that uh, the Punisher is alive, that Frank Castle is the one out there doing this, that he's the one that took these guns that the, uh, and I never got what the acronym AIG or IAG, whatever it was, stood for, um, in, as, as that was investigating their, their work, you know. And um, so we get this idea that there's these millions of dollars of guns out there, and they're trying to figure out why, uh, how did the operation mess up? And both Madonna and her partner lie about the fact that Frank Castle was there. Then the other salient point of this episode is we get the hunt for Gunner. And uh, Gunner is the other member of uh, Cerberus who is, is out there. And uh, they all kind of find him at the same time. Micro uh, finds a deed to this guy's family's land and that he's got a cabin that he's hiding out in. And he gives Frank the address. And apparently at the same time, uh, Mr. William Rollins, our Agent Orange, from the Cerberus flashbacks, is uh, fa- has found the address as well and sends some men to attack Frank and Gunner in the woods. And we get a very tense scene or a very uh, another battle scene, really, but it's now it's on home soil of Frank and Gunner fighting together against these CIA mercenary types. 
and uh, dispatching them pretty pretty handily, but uh, unfortunately also getting some uh, wounds of their own and and uh, losing Gunner. Gunner seemed to be like such a key point in everything so far, and that's what this whole episode resolves you know revolves around. We actually do get to see him, and we get to see a lot of what's going on with Madani and her investigations and what she's been giving up on, like, information. And we're starting to see a little bit more into her, uh, especially in the very beginning when you see her with her battle wounds. You know, she's trying to, like, you know, after that encounter with Frank and everything else. Yeah, and that's interesting. Is is, is there anyone in real life, and maybe, maybe I'm the only one, but... When I take aspirin, I just swallow them. I, I've only seen in movies and TV where people take aspirin and, and start to chew them in their mouth before they even try to swallow them. I, That's, I've never ugh. done it myself. And I think the first time I ever saw something like that with painkillers was the original Daredevil movie with Ben Affleck. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I remember people talking about that scene as well and going, why? Why do you chew up that stuff? It just, I, I don't know. Uh, it, it's always confused me why TV, maybe it's just because they want to have that crunching sound effect, uh, but it always just gives me the, sends a chill down my spine whenever I hear somebody crunching aspirin like that or painkillers. Yeah, it's it's just too weird for me. I can't really handle that kind of thing. <laughs> Uh, I, I remember my aunt, she had to take all these pills cause she was dealing with cancer and everything. And they were like horse pills. And she, she was like, Oh, like, uh, uh. it's like, yeah, you got to swallow them. That's the whole thing. <laughs> but you know, it's like, I saw that and I, I was watching, but the bruises seem real to me, honestly. Oh, those were gruesome, weren't they? Yeah. And the, the bandage across her chest and just. Uh, it just looked like it, that was one of the things that I thought was interesting that when she has that moment. Uh, with Bill, where he starts to undress her, and he sees all the bruises, and she just kind of shrugs them off, you know, that uh, I, I wonder how many of us, I guess you can get swept up in the in the the, the sexual attraction of it, but there's going to be a point where you go, look, you're obviously in pain, and I, I don't really think we should be doing this right now, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Some people have some strange, weird things like about that. That's weird. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Uh, yeah, you know, it's like, you know, there's always that Queen song, uh, Pain is So Close to Pleasure, so... There is that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's like, I, I'm sorry, if I'm in pain, I'm just like, go away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number five would be uh, Micro and Frank, their little disagreement at the beginning about uh, him pulling Madani out of the car. And Micro uh, makes a, a statement about a trained agent should be able to extricate herself from a car even while hanging upside down. Oh, and cool. I, I kind of I thought, you're not a field agent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and uh, that was just kind of funny, that whole back and forth with them about, uh, and then Frank saying, well, she was unconscious, and then him going, well, if she was unconscious, how did she see your face? And then Frank coming back, you know, with, with well, she was unconscious, and then she wasn't unconscious. So. Yeah, it's like he didn't really know where to go. Actually, that's where uh, my number five was, is about Madonna showing her physical wounds in the beginning mm-hmm. of the episode. And obviously that led into what Frank was talking with Micro about that. 
uh, it's pretty funny how, you know, it's, you see Frank and he's talking about how he had, gave up who he was and that he's alive. And now she and he's like in micro going, how, well, how does she know she, you're alive? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and it's, right. A, it's such an interesting, you know, sort of, uh, sort of events. And then, you know, Madonna going, continuing on to her investigation and then, mm-hmm. you know, and then seducing somebody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. First showing up at work and, and the guy, I'm still not exactly sure what exactly his relationship is to her. Um, I, I don't think he's her biological father, but obviously he has some dealings with her outside of the building. The, the Ravi guy uh, that says, well, I told your mom to make you stay home or something like that. Um, and she's like, well, I, I've got to, I've got to work. I've got to do this investigation. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what was your number four? My number four would be the introduction to our agent orange. We, we get this very Sam Raimi S close up of his face and we see that, that scar and that glass eye or, or whatever he has, uh, in his eye socket. And he's, He's talking to these new CIA recruits about uh, about uh, what's uh, what they're going to face, you know, and uh, he's giving them a, a briefing or a speech or whatever it is. Um, and uh, it's really interesting that we we see him get that medal and it's that standard. It's almost become a, a movie or a television trope with CIA uh workers where they go okay here's your award now you can't tell anybody we're gonna go we're gonna go take your medal and we're gonna put it in a in a in a case and drop it in a hole somewhere or something like that like i think it was that was introduced in kind of the tom clancy um books was the first time i saw that that idea of you have this medal of valor but you can't tell anybody about it and nobody's going to know about it and we're going to put it in a secret safe that nobody ever will see you know yeah yeah, it's kind of like one of those where it's like, hold on, you, you have this code and nobody <laughs> can talk about it. And, you know, you don't have your own life. You only have this. And, right. Yeah, it's uh, it, it kind of like separates you and turns you to two different people mm-hmm. at times. And, you know, it that really affects people. And I'm sure it affects a lot of people in the military who do undercover work or anybody in you know police or fbi or in the cia and it it kind of throws you off as a person but, yeah yeah and now it's like you're looking at this and it's like this is all straight military how do these people go back home to their you know loved ones and resume a normal life exactly so yeah it it, it is kind of off-putting yeah i i could see that um well, my number four was uh, Madani actually interviewing Karen. Yeah, I forgot. I had forgotten totally about that scene. So go ahead, because yeah. I, I got a lot of comments so, about it. So basically, it was Madani literally grilling Karen about Frank, getting mm-hmm. trying to get more information about Frank, and uh, Karen just outrightly telling him, you know, telling Madani that, "Hey, Frank has a code." You know, it, it's not the code that anybody else has, but, you know, it's <laughs> like he has, you know, Frank opened up to Karen as a person, and he shows how he feels about the world and references 
a situation where his son uh, drew a painting of things about, you know, literally about what the war is mm-hmm. and how the kid was like, you know, you're protecting us, this and that and the other. And he goes, it was a beautiful painting and it's this and that and the other. And he was all happy about it, but also pissed off because it's showing anger. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, you know, you have to be angry at the right people and do the right things for those people who can't for themselves. And it, he started realizing what he was doing and more was for the right reasons, but they weren't for his right reasons. And then he started realizing, okay, I'm doing more for my cause now, helping those who can't help themselves. And on top of that, righting a wrong. Uh, and then, uh, you know, basically Karen stating to Madani that, you know, it's like Frank has a code. There's some sort of code of ethic, but it's not your general code of ethic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know, it's, you know, it's like he's trying to do the right by those who can't do for themselves. And on top of that, uh, righting a wrong. Yeah. But it might not be in the right way to do it, but it's his way of doing that in order to, you know, make a point. So, you know, that, that to me, it showed a lot about Karen. It showed a lot about Madani. Uh, actually, when you see them interact within that actual scene. And then on top of that shows a little bit about Frank himself too, because, uh, it's a, another person's view of Frank and Karen is the, uh, outsider who knows Frank as a person other than Madani, who's just investigating the person that she knows through military and all the events that have happened through Daredevil and on. And now we're seeing that as a, a as another idea of Frank. And it's really more true to the character itself. So that's something that doesn't really play out until later on. But uh, that was my number four. Yeah, and that's, that's really interesting to because I, I kind of went back and forth in that whole um, exchange between her and Frank later and and i wondered if she was maybe a little jealous of of madani of the fact that that uh they have this kind of i'm not even really sure to call it romantic or what but it's it's definitely not but uh you know karen was definitely the only woman in his life and now all of a sudden there's another woman in his life kind of thing is, is kind of the way i was looking at it but uh but that's great yeah, well, uh, what what you're saying is pretty much is that Frank was respecting her on her ability, uh, Madonna's ability to, like, investigate, uh, be very upfront, um, be physical in the sense of violence. Whereas Karen, all she does is investigate, look, be compassionate, be a person, mm-hmm. and Frank doesn't really convey those things as much to Karen. So there is a bit of a jealousy, I think, in there. Uh, it's just that, you know, it's like there is nothing sexual or any... It's more... Uh, I don't know. I, I, I gotta say that it's gotta be something more romantic in some way. But I don't really see any romance, is it? Uh, it it's more of envy from Karen's point of view of Madani. <laughs> Yes, yes, that's what I was I was getting at. I think was was more more of that that kind of thing is that it's a she Madani gets to see uh 
or interact with Frank in such a way that I, I'm not even sure how to put it. I think it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out the rest of the season and then going into the future as well. Um, uh, that's great. My number three is uh, is uh, it's kind of just a real quick one, and it's not really my number three, but it's it's my next on my list here of things. Was uh, I actually know someone who has named their child Gunner, um, <laughs> but it was a female child that they named Gunner. So I don't, cool. I, yeah, I, it's 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 a really uh, interesting situation. But so I, I thought of that when I heard. The because I thought when he kept saying Gunner, I thought it was maybe a nickname. But then when Madani shows the file to her partner, the partner says, "Who names their child Gunner?" So that makes <laughs> me think that it's his given name is is Gunner, uh, which that's that's kind of interesting. So, right, well, you know, you have to also figure there are other people out there in this world. Uh, one that was uh, somewhat famous. <laughs> Yeah, not spelt in the same uh, way. Young, um, this is G U N N E R, as from what I could tell, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So uh, there's also Gunnar Hansen, who played Leatherface. And oh, okay, you're I, right. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. It was a foreign, like a foreign name, Gun- Gunnar or Gunnar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So okay. you know, it's uh, or maybe you know this guy was brought up in a military family who knows you know he was he was out there with a bow and arrow he had a compound bow <laughs> yeah that was interesting that the name the name gunner the, the name gunner and he's using a bow um you know so <laughs> hey it doesn't necessarily have to you know revolve around a gun <laughs> exactly exactly yeah i mean i know i have a, a friend of mine who uh, is in the navy and he uh, he's an officer in the navy he's actually a pilot but uh he just spent he just came back from spending a year, year and a half, where he was launching planes off from a, a carrier, an aircraft carrier, and that guy is called a gunner. So, yes. you know, so, uh, yeah, there's a lot of different uses of it. Uh, so what's your number three? Uh, my number three would be, uh, you know, basically Karen and Frank, uh, the relationship. Uh, Frank opening up to Karen, that one scene where... He's talking to her, he's got his hoodie on, and he's just, you know, just talking about his own family and what he's trying to do and what he's trying to accomplish and using his son as a reference. Um, to me, it just, it, it's, the show is opening him up as a character of who he is, what he's trying to accomplish, what he's trying to do, and obviously this is a man who is hurt. Uh, just like everybody else, and him trying to stop anybody else to being hurt just as much as he is, or as well as Mike Rowe, or anybody else by whoever's trying to do this to him and Micro actually, at this point, or anybody is around Frank. Because if you think about it, uh, anybody that Frank gets involved with, and that's why he's afraid for Karen, is that if anybody around him will be an open target. And nobody wants that. And Frank doesn't want that. And that's why he's always playing the distance card. Uh, that also goes for his friend Curtis, uh, if I'm correct. Uh, the one who was uh, helping all the military guys. The one with the missing leg. Yes. So he has the same feeling for, for Curtis and Karen 
and anybody else who he gets involved, but he tries to keep them at arm's length. The only person that he doesn't keep at arm's length, actually, is Micro. And you can see that their relationship is getting more and more. Micro is starting to know more and more about Frank, going, hey, I know you like these nuts and this and that and the other. And then there's Micro who goes, where did you get that? And he goes, uh, I got this. This was what I made this. I got this out of the, what was in the refrigerator. And he goes, and he was just yeah. like, <laughs> it seemed like Frank was me. mad. You didn't get one for me? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so now I thought you liked those. Okay, let me just go on record. I don't care who you are. If you say you like MREs, there's something wrong with you. Uh, yes, I have been where in a pinch, if you, you need something to eat, yes, they are. And they can be, and I'm using air quotes, good. Okay, <laughs> but nothing beats a great little hero sandwich there. <laughs> so, exactly. yeah, their their relationship is is really becoming uh, really really close and really tight, and it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out the rest of the season, and then into again into the future uh, if if this continues uh, between him and Micro because. They are really, you know, because it didn't take much for when he, when Micro says he wants to come along and Frank's like, no, it didn't take much for Micro to convince him uh, to, to let, convince Frank to let Micro come on the trip. Yeah. You know, it, it didn't, it didn't take, it wasn't a lot of pushing, you know, and there's that, uh, the last comment, I think it was last episode when he's got the gun and he says, you don't take your partner's gun and do that. And Frank said, well, we're not partners. But now we're starting to really see that there is a partnership uh, developing between them, I think. Yeah, they they definitely are having this relationship, and uh, they are starting to rely on each other. So, uh, And that, that comes through when uh, Micro comes through at the end. Uh, mm-hmm. Not to give any spoilers, but, you know, <laughs> the, with the, uh, the drone. Yeah. And everything. Yeah, he- that's going yeah, on. Yeah, he, he pulls out that drone. And it's it's interesting. I didn't catch that the first time around. So when I watched it this time, I was watching for it. And he, you know, Frank's the one loading up the van. And at the last minute when he says that Micro can come, Micro grabs that extra case, an extra couple of cases, and puts them in the van. And I think that's the drone that he was putting in there because Frank wouldn't have brought, Frank wouldn't have had any reason to, to bring that drone. No. And and so I thought that was really interesting. I caught that this time of seeing him put that specifically put that case in the in the van, uh, and then he pulls it out later to to use it. And uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's it, it definitely shows a camaraderie. They're actually getting along in some ways, and they're able to work off each other. And you saw something in Frank when he saw that happening. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He knew something was there. So. Yeah, and he, he started to see the benefit. Yeah. He could actually rely on somebody that's uh, on him on the same wavelength and the same page. But exactly. will he admit to it is another thing. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and, and we're going to see going forward. You know, we're going to see even more of that in the next episode when we when we see. Uh, anyway, that's the next episode. So. Yeah. Um, so, so are we up to my number two? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I, I've, I've got to read this because I, I can't remember exactly the scene that all this came up. But it, it basically looks like Micro 
really wants to conclude this with bringing these guys to justice, and he's starting to see that that can happen. That there's that there's a way that there's a oh that's it's in that conversation with Karen actually that Frank is having when she says you know you you're you can't just kill all these guys you've got to bring them to justice they've got to see the light because if you just kill all of them there's going to be another guy you have to kill and I think we've already seen that with Wolf you know he killed well actually if you go back to Daredevil he killed the Colonel mm-hmm. and then realized oh wait. Now I've I've got to kill this guy Wolf, and then he kills Wolf. Well, now he's got to get to the next guy, and the next guy, and there's always going to be a next guy if all you're doing is killing. You you've got to bring these guys to justice, and that's the only way you're gonna you're gonna stop it. And he doesn't see that yet. He doesn't see that being a a, a viable conclusion, at least for him. Yeah, you agree or? No, I agree. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, that's up to my number two, I guess. <laughs> yes, yes. So, uh, my number two would be uh, Frank talking to Gunner. When you actually meet Gunner, <laughs> you know, Gunner is that typical, uh, <laughs> I came from war, I have PTSD, just like uh, Frank does. But he has sequestered himself in a cabin. And Frank is aware of all the booby traps and everything else. You see the trip lines and everything. And he's aware of it and he sees them. And then next thing you know, he gets an arrow on his shoulder. You know, just like as we spoke to before, it's like he uh, said it before. He, uh, you know, Gunner has a compound bow and winds up shooting Frank in, <clears throat> in, the, in the right shoulder. And he's like, oh, damn. And he goes, I'm sorry. for And it's like, goes, at least he was sorry about it. Uh, but Frank was able to talk him down. And next thing you know, he's got you know, Gunner on his side, and he's explaining to Gunner, this is what's going on, but you actually see the little fortress that Gunner has done, and Frank is able to, like, help him with all the traps that he had created to survive, just escaping from that world. You know that he was running from something, and Frank knew that, and Frank knew that he had some of the answers, which... Some of them he got, I think, in my opinion. But yeah. oh, absolutely, yeah, for sure, for sure. And that and that's that's the other thing that we we learn with this with Gunner with finding him is we learn we we knew there was something to do with drugs. We knew there was something to do with Kandahar. But what Gunner does is Gunner puts it all together and is actually going to bring or give Frank the next guy who he's able to to go to to try to find Rollins. And that's that he the he tells that story about the kid with the knife, that he says, this kid gave me his knife, and I went to return it because he was dead, and I discovered them putting drugs in the dead body. And that's what he, he reveals. That's why he sent the tape. That's why he sent that, that, uh, that CD um, to the NSA or whoever... Micro was working for that he sent in that that disc because he realized this has got to come out yeah. that these guys were doing something illegal and uh, we get the name he says I think he called him Bennett was what he said the the mortuary uh, the the guy that ran the mortuary because Frank says well who was down there and he says it was Agent Orange it was Schoonover and then it was the the head of the mortuary this Bennett I think Colonel Bennett is what he said 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a lot came out and a lot of information, but it's still, if you think about it, it's still a map, a roadmap for, for Frank to get where he needs to, to get mm-hmm. to the end of his journey. And that's really what this whole season is about. It's a whole roadmap for Frank to get to the truth of why he was, you know, targeted. Mm-hmm. Why he was being sought after all this time. So, now that he's survived, you know, he becomes the one that's going to be like, alright, I'm going to put the targets on you. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's really what it boils down to. So, you know, after he gets this one person, he's going to get another. And that's right. One, you know, it's, it's a never-ending road until you get that final one person that he needs to get to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it's going to be interesting to see what the, how this develops in the future. I know both of us have, have, have watched the entire, the, the entire thing, but I've not gone back and rewatched anything past what we're doing. So I don't remember exactly how all of this plays out. I, I remember some of it, but, uh, um, so it's good to find this out. It was in, and again, now we go back to, now I understand the comment that Micro made all the way back in episode, uh, the Kandahar episode, when he says the heroine was just to finance what the next thing was that they were doing. And now we know, okay, now we've got that tie-in to where we've got it all, we're all putting it together. We're starting to put the pieces together as well. Mm-hmm. Very true. Uh, does that bring me to my number one? Or yeah, okay. Uh, really, we've we've kind of already talked about it, but just that whole road trip aspect <laughs> of of Frank and Micro together in the van. That whole the conversation before they left. The Micro saying, "Well, I can help you drive," and we don't ever actually see Micro drive. Um, but then. We, we in the whole discussion about the sandwich and the MRE and the fact that it was it was really interesting that that there was micro he opens the MRE he's mixing up the stuff and and Frank says are you are you done with that and he's good no no I got to get it thoroughly mixed for you mm-hmm. and so he, he he finishes mixing it and then gives that to Frank and then he pulls out his sandwich and starts <laughs> to eat it and Frank gets this look on his face like. What are you doing? Where did you get that from? You know, you've got this wonderful-looking sandwich. He's like, well, everything was there. You could have made yourself one. Um, so, yeah, just that whole that whole uh, road trip idea uh, was really good. That It, it, it uh, reminded me of, of kind of the Stranger Things thing where you have uh, Dustin and Steve doing, doing their little trip and, and just other 80s movies where you see guys on on these trips together where they don't like each other but they end up uh helping each other out uh in the end so what was your number one uh my number one was literally uh micro coming to frank's aid uh with the uh with that little drone you know yeah that 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 showed a lot of promise and it showed a lot of bringing them together as that look on Frank's face and him knowing, okay, I have somebody who's got my back and I could get, I have theirs. Yeah. Uh, there's a bit of a respect there because Frank, it, and I don't it, know if you got this in the episode when he said he was going to go, oh, I guess I'm going to have to go see your wife. 
and oh yeah 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 and then micro was just taking it as like a stab in the back and he was like yeah. oh okay whatever it's like now you're just trying to be hurtful yeah he says something like now you're just trying to be hurtful or something like that exactly yeah it's like he's got something that micro can't do which is go to his wife but you know it's like frank's got that but you know it's not really frank he's playing somebody else but yeah yeah and that's interesting that plays into one of my my notes that i had uh is just that that idea that that Frank is is not in a way micro is is uh, what's the word I'm searching for? He's living through Frank, and at the end, what we see or, or towards the end when he's waiting for Frank, he's reading the book that Frank and his daughter had discussed. Oh yeah, that, yeah. Life I, of I, yep, I didn't realize that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I had it was it took the second my second viewing to realize I was like, what is he reading? And then I could see I kind of paused and I could see the cover of the book, and I was like, okay, that's the I never saw the movie, but that's the whole one of the kid and the tiger on the raft, yep. and I guess at the end it's one of them is imaginary or something like that mm-hmm. um, is what the whole whole thing is, and uh, uh, so it was really cool to realize that, and and then also just the fact that that the that his family is disappointed because Frank doesn't show up on Sunday. And mm. it's the, it's the son who says, so how long are we going to wait? You know, the son who's kind of becoming a little, a little jerk along the, along the way. And, but that's part of him acting out because of missing his dad. Mm. And, uh, and he's seeing this guy coming around and the daughter is actually, actually acting the exact opposite. You know, the daughter seems to be like, no, we need to invite him to dinner. We need to have him around and all this because she, she wants to have that male figure around, whereas the son doesn't want to have that male figure around. He doesn't want to have that replacement father coming in is, is what it seems to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought that was, that was really interesting. And, and again, that's, there's more of this stuff that's going to play out even more towards the end of the season. Um, that we're going to get to see more of this interaction of uh, so so yeah so it's interesting that we we have this like you said he's he kind of gives him that little jab of I'm going to go see your wife and and you can't see your wife and uh, in fact it, it kind of uh, it plays into I think it's the next episode when there's a, a a scene between he and Micro that is a little weird um, <laughs> that, that comes up uh, that uh, but. Uh, yeah, so that that was interesting, and it was it was unfortunate that the, the family had to be left in the lurch like that. But of course, uh, he had good reason. I mean, he was he was shot with an arrow, and uh, he went to go find this gunner guy. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's all adding up. Everything's yeah. coming together, and uh, it. Well, what we're on episode five now, so yeah, and uh, there's how many? 13 nine episodes. is it nine or ten or what is it? Oh, I'm looking up right now. I think there's thirteen episodes. Was it that many? Yeah, I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah, thirteen. You're you're correct. Thirteen. So we got we got quite a bit more to go here, and there's quite a bit more things to discover as I'm looking at at episode titles and stuff. Uh, but what was your number one? Or we I guess we discussed your number one, didn't we? Yeah, we did. <laughs> I, did we go over your number one? I, I forgot. For a uh, yes, my number one was the road trip. We really yeah. already had, had discussed it. So, so yeah, uh, we pretty much went through everything that we could think of. 
I've, I've, that's all my, that's all my notes that I have. Um, I don't think I had anything else that, uh, that jumped out at me, at least from this one. Um, there's, there's going to be a lot of stuff moving forward. You know, we didn't, there's a lot of storyline we didn't get to see. We didn't see Curtis at all this episode. No. We didn't see Lewis at all in this episode. So we don't know necessarily what's going on with them. So I, I suspect we're going to find out some more about what's going on with them here in the future. Um, another question, and I only asked this question because I already know the answer from the next episode. But isn't it interesting that Bill is the only one of this unit, that this Cerberus unit, that is really kind of successful, you know, um, you've got Frank, who's, whose family was, was killed. You've got this guy, Gunner, who's hiding out. Um, we really haven't seen anybody else who was part of the Cerberus unit, because I don't think Curtis was part of the Cerberus unit. And But yet we have Bill, who knew all this stuff. He was involved in all the same things, but yet he's been successful. So... It's going to be interesting to see how that play again, how that plays out in the future. The fact that he's able to be successful. Yeah, very true. Uh, that that's definitely something, and especially that he's trying to control everything between Madani and everything that's going on with Frank's investigation. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's trying to like poke his way, not to point a pun to it, <laughs> uh, but he he's trying to poke his way into trying to get all the information about Frank. Not that he's not interested in Frank himself, but what Frank is trying to do. And then yeah. trying to stop Frank because he does care in some strange way. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Th- if, if you think about it, it's like, yeah, it's like you know that he cares about him. In some strange way, and that that was like the, the conversation between you know Bill and Curtis at the uh, the gravesite. And Bill doesn't even know that that Frank is alive yet. Yet, yet. Um, we know he's going to find out, and and that's one of the things that, that that was a little puzzling with this episode that I that I did have that I didn't didn't bring up is Frank. Maybe it's because he's already revealed himself to Madani, and he doesn't know what she's going to do with that information. And so he doesn't really care when he's looking at the, the, the CIA guy's camera. And he, he doesn't know that he's talking to Rollins, Agent Orange, but he knows he's talking to somebody who's connected to that guy. And he says, you know, I'm going to come for you, I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. And he's talking right into the camera and revealing himself to be alive. So I, I thought that was a little little interesting in that is he at, at this point is he becoming suicidal at this point that he knows he's on a mission that's going to end with his death and so he just doesn't care if people now know he's alive or does he realize that he he knows that sooner or later people are going to figure out he was alive I'm not really sure what that was about why he was he was so blatant to just look directly into the camera and, and make those statements. Yeah. We, we only will find out in the next few episodes. Correct. <laughs> Correct. 
so, you know, that, that kind of wraps up the idea of what's going on in this episode. Um, generally, we go into comic book news or comic news in general, like uh, movies, TV shows, uh, anything on Netflix. I, yeah, like the that. only thing... The only thing I saw um, today, I, I finally saw a commercial actually on the CW because I was watching uh, Supernatural from uh, from the other night, from last week, and they had a commercial for this Black Lightning show. <laughs> is 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 that another is that another DC character or is that yeah. just a, a okay? So that is an actual DC character. Yep, I actually okay. watched the episode. It was really good. Okay. Uh, I'm not. I was never interested or thought of being interested in Black Lightning. I never knew of the character. That was, I, I think the character was developed in the late '80s, maybe '90s, or it just was off my radar completely, and I'm not aware of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I kind of like dwindled out of comic books. I would say by the mid '90s, and. Uh, I, you know, Ben was, uh, Ben Beck, who we know, uh, was like talking about it. And I'm like, oh, I really want to see this because it is a CW show. CW is very great with what they do between Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, and uh, Legends of Tomorrow. And they've been doing so great with their, how they write. And, you know, it's like people complain about the whole Scooby gang and every, you know, <laughs> every one of these shows. But it, it it was a perfect format for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It was perfect format for Angel. Uh, yeah, and, and it worked for all those shows. And honestly, uh, you know, I think it works perfectly. Uh, the thing that got me attracted to the CW shows was The Flash. And I came in like a year after. It was after the first season. And I was home and I was doing paperwork at night for work and... I just had the TV on. There was nothing on. It was at that time when there was nothing on. And I was like, oh, why am I? I'm like, oh, this, I'll leave it on. And I'm like, hold on. And I stopped work and I started watching it and going, I got to watch more of this. <laughs> so I started, it, it captivated me. Whoever's Very doing nice. Yeah, so whoever's doing the writing on the CW shows for DC is actually doing very well. Uh, my only problem is, is the issues with, the movies and you know they mm-hmm. need better writing and they need the marvel writers to write for the dc movies yeah and the dc writers for tv to write for marvel <laughs> yeah for well, their shows. Are, they, are they you know is there is there any consideration into and i know there's a uh you know netflix is separate from marvel and, and disney and and all that yeah. is there is there any consideration of trying to bring these characters into the main, the, the Marvel, the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as far as like Daredevil and Punisher, Jessica Jones, or are they, have they ever said anything about, it? are they just going to keep them all separate from, since Netflix owns one, you know, one side of it? And, uh, from what I've read over the past three years or yeah, about three years, three or four years, they said that uh, pretty much they would keep these characters almost separate from mm-hmm. the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe in comparison to the Marvel TV Netflix, Universe. Yeah, or yeah. Netflix Universe. 
Yeah, the, it's like a TV universe if you think about it, because mm-hmm. or Netflix universe. Uh, eventually, it's going to be a Disney universe. Right. But, uh, the the thing is, is that uh, you know they they are keeping them separate. That's why the Defenders are the Defenders. That's why you see Luke okay. Cage separate. That's why you see Daredevil, Jessica Jones, all that stuff. All this is separate. Right. Uh, and with DC, what they're doing is pretty much almost similar. Where yeah, they have a flesh in the uh, their DCU, uh, their you know DC cinematic universe. You know, right, it's a different flash. Right, yeah. it's a different flash than what's on TV. Exactly. You don't see okay. Grant Gustin in the movies. You only see Grant Gustin on the TV. Which okay. honestly, I think he's perfect for is on the TV. It would have mm-hmm. been perfect if he he was in the cinematic universe, but I can understand where they're going, where they want to have that world and then right. on tv we have this world kind of like uh where smallville was there and then they brought back uh with superman returns with uh brandon routh right and i don't know if uh smallville was on at the time but i i saw it as like mm, okay yeah it's it's two different formats and you have your tv format and then you have your film format but yeah. whether or not they'll bring Daredevil or Jessica Jones or Luke Cage and Iron Fist in that world, I do not know, and I don't think so. I, it's a shame. Yeah. It's a shame if they don't. But you know, my feeling is, you know, I, I'm happy with what I got. Right, right. <laughs> oh no, and I'm happy with them being with them being separate because it's so hard to keep up with some of them uh, anyway. So it's it's I'm okay with them being them being separate. Um, I did see, what was it that I, I was looking at today? People were talking about, oh, that's what it was. I, I saw the article. I didn't get to read all of it that Brian posted about uh, Lauren Cohen talking about Maggie's character in Walking Dead. I know this isn't a, a, a Walking Dead podcast, but we're just, as far as pop, we're into that pop culture section yeah, now. Yeah, and, it's still comic book related. So Walking Dead's based on a comic. Right, right. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting to see how her character develops uh, in the second half of the season when we finally get to get to the second half of the season. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely going to be interesting. I really want to see a uh, little bit of spoilers. So if anybody does want to hear, shoot ahead about another. Five minutes. <laughs> so uh, basically, in in the comics, uh, Maggie gives birth to baby Herschel, which is uh, you know Herschel Re, which, okay. is, which is Glenn's son. So she is actually pregnant. <laughs> uh, yeah, in in the comic book, she is, and she does give birth. And okay, uh, uh, I really want to see this birth because I'm uh, for the zombie apocalypse on that show. Damn, she's been pregnant for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> she's not showing. Right. Uh, um, you know, Hil- Hillary Burton is, is shown so well so recently that when I saw her in November, she's ready to pop. And I think she's right. ready to pop any time now. Thank God that Jeff is home. Yeah. <laughs> he, he finished up uh, uh, a lot of people of you out there. It's like I'm a, I'm a gamer kind of kid in the back in the day, and I love the game Rampage. Jeffrey D. Morgan actually is in the movie Rampage. I saw that trailer and and didn't realize he was in it. So uh, I, I kind of want to see that movie now to see that. To, I remember the game. I never really played it. 
but uh, I will. Uh, I'll definitely be checking that one. That one out when it uh, when it comes out because it looks it looks pretty good. It, it looks funny. It's got the rock in it. It's got JDM in it. But uh, Jeff finally finished up filming. Uh, I would say mid January. It's like you know we're all, we're in late January right now. But right. Uh, but the thing is, is like he he uh, Hillary wound up like taking a picture of him uh, falling asleep in bed with his son, Gus. And uh-huh. it's like, thank God he's home. Thank you to everybody yeah. from Walker Stalker for bringing my husband back home. So, I, you know, it's like, I think he was more happy to be home to hang out with his donkey than the kids. Yeah. <laughs> it, it makes me wonder if, if the Walking Dead TV show is going to uh, stay true to the comic with his character and keep him alive or, or kill him. Uh, in in the future, I, I know in the comic they basically put him into the prison cell yeah. there in, in Alexandria or, or somewhere, I guess. Um, and then there's some there's some storylines and plots and things with him in the future. I wonder if they're going to try to do that with the TV show uh, as well. It'll be that's another one of those things that I don't know if we're going to if it's going to play out the the whole second half of the season. Or you know how that's all gonna gonna work? It's it's gonna be interesting to see uh, just how it all plays out. Yeah, it, I, I already have yeah. my own thoughts on that stuff. Uh, I might bring that uh, to uh, Brian's table on his podcast. And yes, yeah, so we'll we'll stick with that. <laughs> uh, I really haven't seen anything else uh, comic related or. Um, I, I actually have a few, and you probably probably heard about it, but uh, I. I'm jazzed and happy about the idea of Black Panther coming out. Uh, the the talk is looking great. Uh, they're already pre-selling out. So all the pre-sales oh, wow. are sold out for all the events at, at movies. And I didn't even buy one yet. My feeling is I'm always so late to the game. I, I, I didn't even get to see Thor Ragnarok until today. <laughs> yeah, I still haven't seen Thor. I, I, I'm, I'm horrible about going to see movies and, and I have the movie pass, and I still haven't used it. Yeah, I, I, I think that's one of the reasons why I didn't buy movie pass and get jump into it right away because I haven't had time because of the holiday season with work. So mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I'm just glad at the idea we're going to see Denai Guerrero on, uh, on the big screen, and on top of that, we get a true uh, African American actor on screen uh, and playing a superhero. And doing, you know, just right. And, you know, it's we needed something like that. Not only did we get Luke Cage a few years, like, what, two years ago? Mm-hmm. And then now we got him. I'm like, I'm, I'm honestly, I want more. I, yeah. You know, if, I, yeah. if I could get Miles Morales uh, as Spider-Man coming out soon after Peter Parker, I would be happy with that. Right. Getting, you know, getting two uh, Spider-Man out there and then one of them being uh, somewhat... You know, being African American and Latino, you know, yeah, yeah. I I, I want to see my diversity and in, in in these uh, these universes. Uh, a lot of people don't like it. I love it. I I want it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, the the only other thing I a few other things that I have is like, uh, at work I work in retail and I do odd things, you know, and services mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I was uh, hanging around the store one day and. Uh, they sell DVDs, and I was like, oh, what came out? What did I miss? And this and that and the other. Netflix 
had a tendency of not releasing their uh, shows on Blu-ray for a long time. So there was a while where you didn't have like Orange is the New Black, you didn't have Daredevil. It took years before they came out on Blu-ray. I'm talking right. about more than a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was walking around and luckily I passed by and the two shows that I wanted on Blu-ray were there. Uh, you got Jessica Jones and you got Luke Cage on Blu-ray now. They're oh, out. I think I did see those, yes. I think I was walking yeah. around. I, I picked up Blade Runner and, and Happy Death Day uh, <laughs> a week or two ago, and I think I saw, uh, which uh, Happy Death Day is, is pretty good. It's it's uh, it's all right. Yeah, it was. I, I thought it humorous and fun. It was like the uh, darker version of Groundhog's Day. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, yeah I, I actually re- recommended that to Jason Cabassi, and he was just like, oh, I was interested. I'm not really interested now. But uh, since I know somebody uh, whose family member had worked on that film, oh wow! And, and actually writing that, <laughs> I was just like, oh, I gotta watch it. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it, and I'll, I'll keep it. I've got, like I said, I went ahead and picked it up on on Blu-ray, so I've got it, and uh, I, I like having physical discs. Still, I'm not a not as much the the, the streaming stuff, but uh, well, yeah, I, I I was glad that uh, Disney actually merged their apps now. Um, if you get uh, my movies. Uh, which is a new, uh, like, downloadable system through yes. Disney. Um, it, you could actually merge all your uh, video content between Vudu, Google Play, uh, iTunes, and, uh, you know, what is it? Vudu, Google Play, iTunes, and there was one other. I forget which. I'm not a ultraviolet. Was it ultraviolet? Yeah, all the ultraviolet. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. that's because that's for me. That's the problem I've had is I bought a lot of these things on disc, and then like I've got better call Saul on disc. Yeah, and and those go into ultraviolet, and and yeah. I, I, you, I you end up from really... jumping from device to device. Yeah. With, yeah, with this with this the way it works, it seems is that the movies, all the movies that you get, all can uh, can conglomerate to. One or all the above. So, huh. if you, so if you have Vudu, what you had on your iTunes should be able to go to Vudu. Right. What you have on Google should go to your iTunes, your Vudu, and your, you know, iTunes or whatever. Uh, I generally, I'm, you know, I'm not a Mac person, but I have an Apple TV, and I have yeah. a tendency of going to my Apple TV, which is the third generation, and. I went from 104 movies that I had on iTunes to 148. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, to, I'm gonna have to look at it. I'm gonna yeah. have to look at it and see because I've got the same thing. I've got the I think it's the second or third gen Apple TV, and I basically use it for everything for Hulu, for Netflix, uh, CBS. I just use yeah. it to access everything, and and about the only thing I, I have my cable for anymore is watching sports and a few live TV shows that I DVR, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, same here. And you just, you look at it, and you're like, oh, wow. But I, it's only the movies at this point. I'm hoping they grow into the actual TV shows, mm-hmm. because I have my, jeez, uh, I have Flash, I have Westworld, I got, uh, everything is on ultraviolet, and I have to watch that through Vudu, and I have to go to my Western Digital Player, because I have an older that- TV. And, yeah, and I use a Western Digital player to do. Uh, I used to have Voodoo. one. Yeah, 
Yeah, I use that. I still have. I have two of them. One in my bedroom. One in my main room. I uh, I, I got uh, I stopped using my Western Digital because um, I just I had so much other stuff and I had so many things on disc and a, a friend of mine needed it so I went ahead and gave it to him uh, and I, I kind of regret it now because I wish I had that Western Digital again because there's a few things that I've got on uh, hard drives and stuff that I would love to to be able to access you know the, the yeah, yeah that's what I I've got uh, I've got the the closer um, on digital somewhere on a hard drive all seasons of the closer and you can't get that anymore. You have to, I don't think it's streaming anywhere. No. Nope. Uh, and so you, you have to, you have to either buy the discs or have already had it. And so I've got them, I've got it on a hard drive somewhere. And I just can't, I have nothing to access it. Well, with the except only, computer. The, honestly, the only way to do that, and this is not a computer hack kind of thing or anything like that. It's very much knowledgeable. Uh, if you have a, uh, a router that has USB in it, Mm-hmm. And you have an external hard drive that is powered and whatever. You could set your router and connect your hard drive that has those content, all that content on it. As long as it's in the right format, it'll play mm-hmm. amongst all of your devices. Huh. Yeah. I hadn't tried that. Okay. Yeah. I don't do it myself. I usually do things one at a time, like you were saying with the thumb drive. I have right. stuff that I have built on a hard drive that you can't even get anymore. Stuff that I've converted. Like, you can't find the movie Megaforce from 1984. Wow. And That's a... You're, you're, you're taking me back, man. <laughs> yeah, well, you can't find that. I have that. I had that on VHS. I, trans- I transferred that to VHS to DVD. And I transferred the DVD to an MP4. Now wow. I, I have that digitally. And you yeah. can't get it on Blu-ray. You, you can find wow. it somewhat on DVD on Amazon somewhere for like $50 or something like that. Yeah. But I just recently found on DVD, and it was really cheap. I was really surprised. It's a, it's a bad transfer. It's a really old DVD transfer. But the movie Ricochet, uh, Denzel Washington and John oh, Lithgow. Yeah. Uh, I found it on DVD on Amazon for like eight or ten bucks or something like that, and so I snatched that up real quick. But uh, uh, there's there's the one that I've I've not been able to find, and it's kind of like like what you said. If you find one, it's like fifty dollars. Is the it was it Patrick Dempsey, the movie Run, where he was a a, a kid, he was driving a Porsche uh, through this small town and got mixed up in a gambling thing oh, but I think yes. the, movie, the movie was called run i can't remember if it was patrick dempsey or uh, who it was but i've never been able to find that streaming or on dvd or anywhere i would love to yeah run it is patrick dempsey uh yeah so i, I remember that movie I, he was caught in gambling yeah he was gambling and, and he got into a a fight with this big guy and he tripped him or something and he fell and hit his head and died. And he was like a mobster's son or something like that. Exactly. And and then he had to do all these things in order to get out of whatever he had to do. I remember that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, like, like I was saying, it's like, I have, like, I have Megaforce. I have a bunch of movies that you can't find anymore. Mm -hmm. I transferred them to a hard drive. I don't necessarily put them on my network so I could stream it from every device. Right. Uh, But, I do it one by one, but, uh, and a lot of people do that, and uh, honestly, that works because you could have almost a thousand, uh, people do this all the time through uh, a, a company called Kaleidoscape, 
and mm-hmm. you could uh, literally you don't even have to put in your DVD anymore. Once you put in the DVD, it'll download the cover art and this and that. I'm not trying yeah. to sell anybody on this, but I'm just stating that it's out there. And right, and so you're, you're saying you just connect the hard drive to your router, and as long as you have a device that can connect to your router, mm-hmm. you, you should be able to access those folders. I'm, I may have to try that with my closer because I've been wanting to rewatch that. And uh, I just just haven't been, and I never thought about just connecting it directly to my router, and then um, yeah. uh, seeing if I could. I'll have to try that. See if I can do that. Yeah, you. Uh, the, the only thing is, is if you're using an Apple TV or something, you gotta mm-hmm. make sure that it's in a format that it could actually play. Right. So right. usually with them, it's their specific format. So if you put it in through, convert that, and then put it in through iTunes. Yeah. And then put it on the hard drive, and then it'll play it from that. Hmm. And, and it should be able to play from that through your iTunes, as long as your computer's up or the hard drive yeah. is available. And uh, I, I always said that, you know, I, being working in what I do, people do that with their... Uh, I, I've had people with Sonos, and they'll put... They'll have... Oh, I have, like, a, a terabyte of MP3 mu- music that I have to have... <laughs> And they'll have everything. It's like, no, no, this is FLAC. This is FLAC. It's FLAC audio. And I'm like, okay, uh, all right, fine. Yeah, and and certain devices won't play it. Sonos will. So yeah. I had to actually set that up, and people could actually hear it. And, uh, you know, you're talking, oh, I have the Beatles in FLAC. I have this album in FLAC. I have Deep Purple. And I'm like, okay. So right. you know, huh. we would set that up, and you could actually stream it through whatever device you have. As long right. as it's on the network and whatever device can pull from it. So my feeling is, you know, it's nothing new. It's nothing that's illegal. As long yeah. as you own it, you're, you're fine. Yeah. Uh, these, these are good tips for anybody out there who wants to actually, you know, do that on their own. Because I I know that I have way too many movies and DVDs. Trust me. And yeah. I've been getting rid of a little bit because I've been transferring them to di- digital and then just mm-hmm. selling the physical copies. Right. So right. yeah, so the only things that I keep that you can't really get anymore are steelbooks, Blu rays and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, I I got that recently with the a, a couple of movies and stuff like that. So I got like uh, I you know, somebody got me clued into the Kingsman. I watched the first one, I liked it, and I was like, Alright, and I saw the second one, I was like, I gotta get the first. Yeah. <laughs> so I wound up buying that on Steelbook, and it was at a discount at work, so I was like, okay, and then it came with a digital copy for Apple, so I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I got that now on that. But, you know, th- there's so much you could do in this medium, and the thing is is that there is so much out there, and like I said, there are shows, like, I, I always liked the movie Rad from 1985, and I was a paper boy, and I loved BMXing and all that stuff. Right. And, uh, uh that came out on DVD. A friend of mine said, dude, it's out there, and I had to get it. And it's on Blu-ray somewhere. I got to find it. But Yeah. But uh, I found a copy years ago, and I, I wound up getting it, and I was like, I, I just watched that over and over again. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, I need Very to have cool. this on a system in order to watch it. But not until I get my whole situation. Like I said earlier today, I actually had to change out my modem. The... Uh, the DVDs and everything else, you own them. You know, you, you could actually transfer those to Voodoo if you wanted to. Huh. 
They they charge you. Uh, on the, I'm not advertising by any means, but I'm just right. stating flat out. Uh, a friend of mine had clued me into this about four years ago, and he goes, "Yeah, you know, if you, you know, Voodoo will do it like two or three dollars a disc." And I'm like, okay, but what if you have like a thousand? Yeah, <laughs> it'll yeah. cost you. He goes, do little by little. He goes, think about it. It's like, what do you spend per week on a cup of coffee, or if you go out to lunch? And he, he broke it down, and I'm like, yeah, you make sense. <laughs> yeah, and then huh. everything will be on your demand, you know, or on streaming. And you, as long as you have that internet access, you have it, uh, or unless you have something like an iTunes or something like that, or the new Apple TVs now, which are mimicking the original version one that have the built in hard drives. Right. Yeah. So you could always download those to that and there you have it. But, uh, yeah, you know, Voodoo was offering that for a while. So, you know, you have those options. Yeah. But, uh, just to end it, uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> Uh, just to give you an idea, um, yeah, my last name is Kirkman, but this is not promoting Robert in any way, but Mr. Robert Kirkman is, uh, coming out with a new comic book, uh, in March, and, uh, that's being called Oblivion Song, and that's gonna be the new, uh, kind of, post-apocalyptic comic book that's coming out. Very different in comparison to uh, The Walking Dead. There's no dead people walking around. Um, but uh, I'm intrigued on this. Uh, he mentioned it at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. And uh, I- I'm starting to believe that the actual comic book, The Walking Dead, is coming to its final ending. And uh, I'm sorry to say that, you know, it's like, Mr. Blog and Gracie Lou, I love them to death. They ended uh, from you know under the under the comic covers right recently, and uh, I'm just trying to continue the idea of uh, loving comics. Uh, but you know, uh, Robert is doing this, and they ended their episode on 175, and that showed them at a new frontier. And uh, I'm not saying that it's showing that the 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 comic book is ending but it shows that there is coming to some sort of resolution because there's only only so many stories that they could say about this and uh if any of you out there who read the actual walking dead comic book you're you're starting to see that slowly with certain characters so my feeling is uh keep reading the walking dead uh it's still going stronger than the actual TV show. So, yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's like I'm not trying to sway anybody from the uh, the actual TV show. The TV show is still great in my mind. I'll still watch it regardless of writing, rega- regardless of where the show running is going. Um, I've been there since day one. I'm going to stay there until day end. Um, exactly. You know, it's like I missed Heroes. I was there from day one and I missed it since they just dropped it because of writer's issues yeah. back in the day. And I don't want that to happen to something that I've been following for so long. But uh, the comic book is growing stronger, but it's showing that in the story it's go- it's coming to an end eventually. And uh, I think Robert is doing that with a lot of things because Invincible is actually ending soon. It's uh, less comic is coming out in another month or two. And uh, I I plan on 
seeing that to its end too. I I was reading that for a while. Um, but uh, the new one, Oblivion Song, I do recommend picking it up when it comes out. Um, everybody else out there, pick up uh, the Doomsday Clock from DC. And uh, keep reading those comics and keep watching those shows. Uh, uh, I That's what I love to do, and I'm hoping that's what you guys love to do, because that's what I love to talk about, and that's what Steve and I are talking about. Absolutely. Yeah, we're talking about The Punisher, and hopefully eventually we'll start talking about a movie, and it will be a one-off at least instead of a continuous thing. But uh, my feeling is I, I want to see this Punisher thing seen it through uh hopefully steve will come back on episode six absolutely <laughs> there you go so uh then we could uh finish this lovely uh show up Pake might actually come back and avelino had mentioned that he wants to come back so i'll hit them up when they uh when everything slows down with them but you know it's like even if it's another uh you know having three people on uh it, I, to me i i encourage it you know the more voices the better but i hope everybody else enjoyed the show and hope everybody enjoys listening uh keep in touch follow us on facebook on panels to pixels on facebook uh you could email us at panels to pixels one at gmail.com uh with anything you want to discuss uh we'll read it out loud i have not seen anything on the actual facebook and I've not received any email. So if you guys really want to get in on this, uh, just shoot us a message through Facebook. Shoot us uh, an email. Uh, and there you have it. Uh, thank you for uh, listening in to Panels to Pixels. And thank you, Steve. Thank you. Thank you. And good night, everybody. Good night.